To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello everyone and welcome to The Village Voice, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer-Azmerland. For parents of more than one child, today's episode is a must. Sibling rivalry and fighting. How do we not only create more peace in the home among siblings day to day, But also, how do we help support the most positive relationships we can among siblings for today and the future? They may or may not grow up to be best friends, but there are lots of things parents can do to set a solid foundation for strong sibling relationships. So let's get started. I'll start with a couple of definitions because it is important to understand the difference between fighting and rivalry. Fighting is over things or experiences while rivalry is over parental attention and or affection. Once you understand this, you can clearly see the difference and recognize which camp the struggle is falling into, so you can handle it for what it is. Assume rivalry exists in your home. This way you aren't caught off guard and handling it the same as you would a fight. Our oldest son Carter was only 20 months old when our twins were born. I was so concerned about having enough time and energy for everyone. I mean, he was really only still a baby himself. And I knew the twins would require a lot of care as newborns. When Chandler and Taylor were born, they were 36 weeks gestation. Taylor was not breathing properly and had to be rushed to the NICU. So when Carter came to the hospital to visit the next day, he had only met Chandler. And when we came home, we were only able to bring Chandler. Taylor ended up staying in the NICU for two weeks. 
We kept wondering what his reaction would be when he learned that there was another one. I mean, we told him all along, of course, but he was so young. It's not real until you see it when you're that age. But all went very smoothly. I was surprised that I actually only saw one real incident of sibling rivalry in those first few months. It was one night when my husband had come home from work and he was holding one of the babies on his lap. Carter walked up and said, baby off, and pointed to the floor. He wanted the lap. So that was rivalry. I will be talking about the ways to welcome a new baby when you've got an older sibling in the house to help things go as smoothly as possible in a future episode. So if you have that coming up in the near future, or you know someone else who does, stay tuned for that episode that's coming in a few weeks. Of course, I also cover that information in the sibling class available on our website at yourvillageonline.com if you want or need it sooner. Now, when I teach the class on sibling rivalry, I encourage the participants who have siblings of their own to first start by taking an inventory of their own sibling relationships and go through our worksheet. Because the relationships you have and your thoughts and feelings about them will influence how you deal with your own children's relationships. If you can make yourself aware of your thoughts and feelings, you can work to avoid repeating any patterns that you don't want to see repeated. Think about things like, where are you in the birth order? What were each of your relationships like with each of your siblings growing up? What are they like now? If you have any ill feelings towards any siblings, where do they stem from? Are your relationships with your siblings what you would want? Are they what you would want for your children? What blind spots might you have when it comes to favoring one child over another, either one who is more like you in temperament or shares your same birth order? Which is a great lead-in to my next point. Recognize that favoritism exists. This can happen for three reasons. As I just alluded to, you may unconsciously favor a child who shares your same spot in the birth order because you can relate to the challenges of that position. For example, if you were a firstborn whose parents always expected you to share everything and your younger sibling always broke everything, you may lean heavily towards protecting your oldest. Birth order comes into play in a lot of ways. The second way favoritism can sneak in is with a child whose temperament is either very similar to our own or requires less intervention and energy. I consider understanding temperament one of the basics of excellent parenting, and I highly recommend watching that class on our website or stay tuned for an episode that's coming in the next couple weeks on temperament to get some basic information so you can understand all of those nuances. And lastly, favoritism can ebb and flow between children. If one of your children is having a particularly difficult morning, day, or week, is going through a defiant stage, is teething or sick, it's natural to have a preference for the child who is being less high maintenance at the time. The important thing to keep in mind is that this has an effect on the way we parent each child. So we need to recognize it internally so we can be aware of it then figure out how to have those feelings and acknowledge them internally without letting on to our children that we are having them. If it shows, and particularly shows as a pattern, it will affect relationships with your children and their relationships with each other. 
then regardless of how you feel about your siblings, model positive sibling relationships. You don't have to love or even like your own siblings, but talk positively about them or at minimum be neutral about your siblings around your kids. Share your negative thoughts privately with your partner or friends. Your children will learn what is acceptable and how we talk about our family members when they hear how you speak about your siblings. Whether you have your own siblings or not, set family goals for your children's relationships. What do you want your children's relationships with each other to look like now? In five, 10 years as adults, you can shape this. Set family rules and values around relationships. If your family is young, like five to six and under, then the adults can set these. If they're older, let the kids be a part of it. When kids are included in these important decision-making processes, they are much more likely to cooperate with the rules and ideals. Family meetings are a great way to set family rules and values. Set your expectations first for yourself or with your partner and then with your kids. What expectations do you have for your children? We can't expect our kids to always get along perfectly, but we can set expectations about how they treat one another and how they handle disagreements. It is also important to take your child's age into consideration and what is age appropriate so that you don't get frustrated expecting a two-year-old to share or a three-year-old not to grab toys, but instead you're prepared to work with them on these skills. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. 
At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. As you probably know, we have three children. This triangular relationship can be difficult to manage at times as kids tend to pair off, leaving one kid feeling left out quite often. So we have a very strong rule in our house that our kids are allowed to either be alone in their rooms or allow everyone to join in play. They are, under no circumstances, allowed to exclude anyone. They began to understand this rule very well when our twins were only about three and a half. After a couple of months of this strict enforcement, I haven't had to intervene and coach this rule ever since. They remind us and each other of this rule quite often. We still work with them on figuring out how and what to play and how to compromise so that everyone can enjoy the process, but they understand the importance of including everyone, and this is because this is a family value that we have worked very hard to shape. I have time to cover a few of the many ways to support and strengthen sibling relationships. The first is don't compare. Steer clear of any comparisons, such as your brother went right to bed when I asked. I never have to remind your sister to clean her room. It's not productive. It only makes the kid being chastised feel bad and also puts the cooperative kid in an awkward situation as well. Ultimately, it is a surefire way to drive a wedge between them. Even things as benign sounding as Sophia is using her fork and then glaring at the other child as he shovels food in his mouth with his hands. If the intention of praising one child is to get another one to comply, then don't do it. If, however, you notice one of your children doing something well and you just want to give a reinforcement, that's fine. It may sound like a subtle difference, but the kids pick up on the intention and therefore it's a big difference. Sophia, I see you're using your fork. Thank you for using your best table manners. Is way different than, I see Sophia using her best table manners. I wonder if anyone else can do that. It's a comparison. Even though it's not putting the one kid down, it's putting one kid up. With that being said, if you're a teacher and use this tool in the classroom as a gentle reminder to other kids, this is fine. It's a great tool for teachers. Pointing out a classmate who exhibits model behavior is good. Pointing out a sibling is not, and it increases sibling rivalry because the parent-child relationship is much more intimate. The second tip for strengthening sibling relationships is to teach relationship skills. These skills are important for all kids, not just those with siblings. 
but teaching these skills will help your kids learn how to share their needs and feelings appropriately, listen to others' feelings, and negotiate with one another to problem solve. What an amazing gift. Imagine if every adult had such awesome communication skills. I'm sure you've met more than your fair share of people who don't know how to do this. Yikes. Teach emotional competence. Emotional competence is being upset with the right person at the right time, rather than taking frustrations we have with one person out on someone else and displacing these feelings of anger and resentment. Teach your kids how to be upset with the right person and not to carry it over to another. Sometimes if a child comes home upset at a friend or a teacher, he or she may take it out on a younger sibling because it's easier to have control or power over a younger sibling than a peer or a teacher. If your child had a bad day at school, allow him or her to talk about it and work through it, possibly even coming up with some ideas of how to handle the situation if it comes up again, rather than allowing him to take it out on a sibling. So now for some questions. Kelly in New Hampshire has a question about sibling fights. My girls eight and 10 seem to fight nonstop. It's those little squabbles. It's my turn with the game. She's had it forever. No, I haven't. Literally all day long. It's driving me up a wall. If I constantly intervene, I can't get anything done. This is a common problem in many homes. So I'm going to give you a guideline that should help in general and then some specific tools for this situation. For the general guidelines, there are three different categories of disagreements between kids. These are bickering, fighting, and aggression. Bickering is those little squabbles, just like what you're talking about. I want to play this. Well, I want to play that. You'll hear it during imaginative play as they work through the play, or during games as they work out the rules, or when they are struggling with sharing and taking turns. I know it can be really hard, but the best way to deal with this is to ignore these so your kids can get practice working things through. If we parents always jump in, they won't get any practice at working things out. If you find that it really annoys you, you can leave the room. If you find it's a constant, you can also help your kids work on the way they address one another, teaching how to share feelings respectfully, but without solving the problem piece for them. Let them work through the problem together. So this goes back to what I talked about earlier, teaching relationship skills. Coach your girls on how to share their ideas with a more respectful tone. I also have a class on communication tools and using these and modeling these and then teaching them to our kids can also help them work these types of issues out better together and work on their conflict resolution skills. For specific ways to work on this situation, call a meeting and mediate, but let them try to come to an agreement of figuring out a way or a rule for sharing that they are both on board with, whether it's with a timer or a 24-hour time span with the beloved object. If the fights are always over one specific object, a favorite shirt or an iPad, you can also sit them both down and have a talk, letting them know your expectations. At their ages, they are capable of figuring out a way to work this out and let them know this is your expectation for them, that the bickering feels constant and that it's disruptive to the household. Then you can lay down a consequence if you like, such as they need to figure out how to work together or the next time you hear them bickering, you will take away 
the object for an extended period of time, such as a day or two, and then no one gets to have it. If, though, the fights are always over different things, then taking away the offending object won't work, and you'll have to do some work on those relationship skills and coaching the girls how to handle these disagreements. When you hear fighting, which is more escalated than just bickering, just wait and listen. Don't jump in immediately. Give them an opportunity to work it out. Just like with the bickering, sometimes your kids will work things out and you want to give them that chance to do so, so that they can build these conflict resolution skills. In our house, I can't tell you the number of times I thought, uh-oh, I better get in there. Just to find that the moment I'm about to enter the room, they magically work it out and go from yelling at each other to being totally sweet and agreeable to each other. It just turns a corner in an instant. But if it is escalating, then step in and coach them through the problem solving. Ask each child about their goals and help the kids come to a resolution. The last category of fighting is aggression. Aggression can either be physical or verbal. Verbal is the name calling or anything said in the spirit to be hurtful. Always take these as a serious matter and intervene immediately every single time. Unfortunately, this is all we have time to answer today, but keep sending in those great questions. Our next episode is called Why to Avoid Praise and What to Do Instead. This is an episode not to be missed, as praise plays into self-esteem as well as that sense of entitlement. These are the ways to help your kids gain internal sense of motivation and responsibility. If you would like to submit a question for that episode or other future episodes, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. You can also see what topics we have coming up by visiting our podcast page on our site, yourvillageonline.com podcast. If you're loving what you're hearing on our podcast, please let us know by giving us a great review and also subscribing to our channel. If there is something you think we can do better or a topic you would really like to hear about, please send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in today, and I look forward to seeing you next time.